Oh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, Don and I are going to be traveling next week, so we're not going to see you, but I love you, and I want you to have a Merry Christmas. If you brought your Bibles today, open to Luke chapter 2. I titled this sermon, My Eyes Have Seen. And Mary Beth called and asked me for a sermon title, and I gave her that without ever having researched this much at all. But let's start reading in verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, Now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. May the Lord bless his word this morning and open our hearts to what he has for us. Now, in the previous verses, we see that the baby Jesus, now 40 days old, is being brought to the temple for dedication. There's an old man named Simeon who is only mentioned this one time in all of Scripture. Now, I don't think he was a priest or had any important position in the temple, but Luke describes this man as just, meaning he was a man who honored God in his actions. He was a man with godly conduct in his life. He also calls him devout, meaning he practiced his spiritual observances. He was a regular at church, at the temple. His convictions were seen in his actions. It says he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Now, Simeon was a man who read the prophets. He took them seriously. He understood. He knew that the Messiah would come. And then, and most importantly, the Holy Spirit was upon him. That's huge. You know, before Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was not freely given to all people like he is today. Only a select few 
received the Holy Spirit. Simeon was one of them. And this great gift of the Holy Spirit was connected to his being just and devout and being a man of hope. A man that waited, that looked for the Messiah to come. Now it, has been revealed, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death. Now we're not told how old Simeon was. Some scholars say in 70s, 80s, maybe more. However old he was, it had been a long time from the time he was promised he would see the Lord's Christ. Now my experience is that God's promises never seem to materialize on my timetable. Some say he's never late, to which I would add he's never early either. But Galatians 4, verse 4, starts out like this. But when the fullness of time had come. That's a really cool expression. When the fullness of time had come. Now my dad used to say that that's because the Roman Empire at that time was all connected by a series of roads. And so communication and the spread of the gospel was much easier. I could buy that. Maybe, how about when all the prophets had written concerning the Christ child had fully matured? Or that the heart of mankind was ripe to receive a message of redemption that wasn't offered by the religious institution of the day? I'm sure there are many factors that made this event the advent of God's Son, the fullness of time. But Simeon had been promised that with his own eyes he would see the Lord's Christ. And so he waited. I'm sure it was years. There were tens of thousands of baby boys brought into that temple. Tens of thousands. Because every firstborn baby boy belonged to the Lord and required a sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. I'd have grown weary. Is this the one? Or this one? How am I going to know? Will his parents be rich? Will they be famous or well-known? Good-looking? What will the Christ child look like? Now, personally, I'm not very good at waiting, especially long waiting. But one day, at the fullness of time, the Holy Spirit brought Simeon into the temple. And when Mary and Joseph brought the baby Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, that's important. God's Son kept the law. Matthew 5, Jesus said, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Now the law had very strict guidelines for every aspect of life. No one 
has ever been able to keep those rules to perfection except for one, the Lord's Christ. Now us, in the world, mankind, when we want to see a great move, we look for pomp and splendor. The big event. Christ came as a babe. In the arms of His poor parents, I believe without any fanfare whatsoever to be recognized except for the Holy Spirit telling Simeon, this is the one. This is the one you've been waiting for. And he took him up in his arms and he blessed God, the one who had sent this greatest of gifts, I don't think there was a great crowd gathered around to witness this event. Only five are mentioned. There's Simeon, Mary, Joseph, the baby Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. This story is probably only known because Mary told Luke many years later. But an old man's wait was over. A promise had been fulfilled. From the outpouring of his heart, Simeon said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. God keeps his word. You ever been through an event that would make you say, Okay, Lord, I am ready to die. I am fulfilled. I was talking with Jody yesterday, and uh, we talked about being full in our lives. And you know, if today was the last day of my life on earth, I have no regrets. I've had a great life. I really have. But I would really like to say a blessing over my grandchildren at their weddings. I would really love to lift up my great-grandchildren and dedicate them to the Lord, like Simeon did with the baby Jesus. I would like to grow old with Donna. I would like to see Jesus come in the clouds. Maybe I'm not ready. I'm not like Simeon. I am not fulfilled. For my eyes have seen your salvation, he said. He's just a baby. He's only 40 days old at this point. He hasn't done anything noteworthy. What makes this child more special than all the rest? It's not what, it's who. It's who he is. Galatians 4 goes on to say, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we, might receive 
the adoption of sons. It's who? It's God's Son. I believe this was revealed to Simeon because out of his mouth came a prophetic word of which we are all beneficiaries. My eyes have seen your salvation, which you, God, prepared before the face of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. You know, the story of Christmas is about a baby in a manger and a star and shepherds and magi and all the other trappings that we celebrate that uh, fulfilled prophecy, that, that consummated this great event, but it's much, much more. It's God's salvation to us. I get a kick out of the Santa fable saying, if you're good, you're going to get a gift. That didn't work too well for me. Didn't work that well for my children either. I get that though. There's some truth in that. If you're good, you'll get some good stuff. God's salvation is no fable. It says... You're going to get a gift. And the gift you are given is not based on your performance. It's based on God Almighty's love for you. Individually. What a Christmas gift. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrated His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I believe Simeon saw this and believed the Lord's Christ, the Messiah, the promised one, God's solution to our separation from him. It goes on to say, and Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. You think? <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> How many times have we been right next to a powerful move of God and didn't recognize it until someone else pointed it out to us? Imagine having the truth pointed out to us and the prophet says, Okay, I can die now. I've seen your word fulfilled with my very eyes. I have seen your salvation. Then Simeon goes on to tell them that this child is going to turn the establishment upside down, destined for the rise and fall of many in Israel. We, looking back, saw that come to pass. It's not like it used to be in the old temple days. Thank God. The religious practices of sacrifice are no more. The law has been established in this or satisfied in this little one, Jesus Christ, the Lord's Christ. Simeon also told them that this child would be a sign which will be spoken against. We're witnessing that to this day 
Many want the Christ stricken from society, from all conversation that's public. Which is another proof to me that Jesus is who He said He was, and that He is God. See, every flavor of religion is tolerated by the politically correct. doesn't matter if it's Muslim or Buddha or uh, New Age or you come up with one. They're all, well, we got to make room for them because they're special. But you bring up Jesus Christ in the public form and you can't bring that in here. Why is he set alone as the only one that's a threat? Because he is the Lord's Christ. Sadly, there are those who don't want the Lord's Christ. They don't want God's salvation in their lives. Some don't mind the baby in the manger, but they stop right there. They don't want the Savior. They don't want to admit the need for God's salvation. Let me tell you something. Without the whole story of Jesus' life, His death on the cross, His resurrection, and someday return, the advent at Bethlehem is just another birth of a baby boy and has little relevance to us today. But my eyes have seen your salvation. Simeon then makes it personal to Mary. He said, yes, A sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. What he's telling her is, it's going to cost you to see God's salvation. Maybe Mary and Joseph were in the dark about what the Christ would have to endure. And God's salvation will cost us as well. But it will be worth it. Look what it costs the disciples. How about the Apostle Paul? How about the martyred through the centuries? How about the countless followers of Christ who have put their life's ambitions on hold so that they could follow the Lord's Christ? For the sake of God's salvation. You know, Mary stood before the Lord Jesus while He was on the cross. She suffered the anguish of watching the consummation of God's salvation as only a mother can. I cannot imagine. But she also saw him resurrected. Alive again. Victorious over sin and death. Once and for all. The thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Think of this. The thoughts of our hearts are revealed by what we do with Jesus. God's salvation. My response to Him reveals the true condition of my heart. Do I accept His salvation, admitting my need for Him, and bowing to His provision for my need? Or am I going to go it alone? Not a good idea, by the way. Saying to God, 
your gift isn't really a good fit for me. I want it some other way. There's a promise fulfilled to Simeon. You will not die until you have seen the Lord's Christ. He knew when he took that baby in his arms that he was holding the fulfillment of every promise of God to mankind from the Garden of Eden until forever. My eyes have seen God's salvation. It's Christmas. That's why I got the red shirt on. What do we see at Christmas? You know, I love all the story of Jesus' birth. I love every detail that's captured and recorded for our memory. But I want to see more. I want to see God's salvation brought out in a digestible way to everybody I know, to the city of Gunnison, the county, to the world. The reason for Simeon's prophetic words are just as important today. My eyes, I get it. Your salvation is this gift that we celebrate this time of year, the Lord's Christ. I want to have it personally. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for sending your salvation, Jesus Christ. As we look at him with our, with our eyes and our minds this Christmas season, I pray that we would take in the whole picture. I pray that we would see what you're really doing here. That it's a lot more than a babe in a manger. It's the defeat of, and destruction of sin and hell. And it's for us that you did this. We thank you. We love you. And may you be fresh in our hearts and minds throughout this season and the rest of the year. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. There you are. One, two...
Let's receive a benediction. Father, open our eyes and our hearts to see your salvation and to shine it out to the world around us in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And let us go in peace.